Hello, everybody. My name is Dan Van Horn. I'm the senior pastor here at Trinity Baptist Church in Fairfield, Connecticut, and we want to welcome you to the TBC Provoke podcast. This is where we hope to stimulate, stir up, and provoke you to love and good deeds by taking the conversation we start on Sunday mornings and bring it into the middle of your week. Hello, everybody. This is Clayton, and welcome to another TBC Provoke podcast. My guest today, as always, is Senior Pastor Dan Van Horn. Dan, say hello. Hello, everybody. Dan, what is that noise in the background? I am fly fishing right now. You are fly fishing and podcasting and taking in the general splendor of all creation. Is that what's and going that, on? And it's beautiful. That is that is awesome. Well, I'm so happy for you. I am uh, I'm sweaty because I was gardening today. And it's only about 100 degrees outside. So uh, congratulations. Uh, I I commend you on your choice of activity. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Awesome. So uh, this Sunday, we had a guest speaker. Our youth pastor, Robert Russell, came and shared some thoughts with us on Psalm 145, verses 1 through 7. Uh, And he was asking the question, what does your praise look like? And then what yeah. could we learn from this passage in uh, 145? Can I read that for us real quick? Yes, please. Perfect. All right. So here we go. 145, the song of praise. This is the last Psalm of David. It says, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day, I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Uh, Hey, you're doing exactly what it says in verse six. Yeah. Yeah. And five, five uh, of the glorious splendor of your majesty and your wondrous works. I will. Well, that that only, that only counts if I'm catching a fish. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, I hope you catch one while we're, while we're speaking. Yeah. If I go blank for a minute there, it's because I've caught something other than a tree. Because you've, you've caught a fish. Perfect. Well, I've caught many tree bass in my day. Uh, <laughs> mostly mostly pond fishing for me. Yeah. Uh, so Robert spoke to us uh, a very succinct message this last Sunday. Using these passages, he said, you, you know, praise of our God is It's public, it's private, it happens in and amongst creation, and it goes from one generation to the next. Uh, And you actually said that that idea, it really sparked a conversation between you and your son, Max. Can you share that with us? Yeah, so uh, Sunday morning, uh, I may not have been in the building, but I was worshiping with everyone online, which I think is so cool, by the way. Um, that, you know, I could step away for vacation. A, we have such a team of, of ministry partners who can 
kind of can make sure we are continuing to be a worshiping people. But I, so I could step away, but then still join everyone for worship, even online. And, yeah. and it was such a beautiful moment for us as a family. Cause I mean, you know, since this pandemic really began, I haven't Sunday mornings with my family to worship. That's uh, right. And so this, this is a nice change. And, and so part of that was just being able to sit there and talk about the word of God right after we sit under Robert's teaching, which I think he did a wonderful job with. Um, on Sunday, Max and I were sitting there after the service. I said, Max, what do you think of what, what Robert just shared with us? And, and he said, you know, he, he talked about uh, the examples Robert gave of, you know, it, Robert enjoying his time with his daughter or, uh, or um, gardening, you know, like what does he do in the, in the garden? And yeah. Um, and how that brings him joy. And so for Max to hear him say, you know, to think about the things that bring him joy, that he can glorify God, that he can praise God as he, you know, builds something with Legos. And and he actually, the word he used was, it makes me feel good to feel like I can accomplish something. Yeah. And I feel like what, what he's getting at is this sense of uh, participation in God's world brings about this, this moment of praise where you acknowledge, you see what God's doing and, and you give thanks for it. Um, and, and that God could even be doing that through his life. It's not just like mommy and daddy who praise God, but that he can praise God as he's building the things that he's loving to build with Legos. That is spectacular. Uh, it's like, um, well, and I, uh, I think as I was talking with Robert about what we were going to do on Sunday, uh, he mentioned that as well. And it reminded me of the scene from, um, from chariots of fire. Are you, are you familiar with this film? Yeah. 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 Chariots of fire is a 1981 film um, about the British Olympian, uh, Eric Liddell, who in 1924 won uh, a gold medal for running. And uh, there was, you know, there's this conversation in there, like, why do you run if you're not going to be the best, if you're not going to win? Because uh, he was not at that time the, the best runner in the world. They said, why do you run if you're not going to be a gold medal winner? Uh, and he said, I run because when I run, I feel the joy of the Lord. Yeah. You know, he he recognized that God had made him for something. And when he engaged in that thing he was made for, there was this sense of worship and this sense of joy. Uh, and and I think Max is touching on that, that that he he is like co-laboring with the Lord in creation, like as he creates God as our creator as well. And there's this communion there that's absolutely lovely. Yeah, and and I think part of that is this realization that, um, you know, maybe we overthink how we do praise sometimes. You know, like we we kind of argue over what songs are praise songs, uh, and and I get it. Like I think there's a valuable conversation to to be had. However, uh, I think we overcomplicate it. And we lose out in the low hanging fruit. Those moments where we can just give God thanks for a moment or uh, a, a way that he, you know, acknowledging how he's uniquely made one of us. Um, we typically, uh, we miss out on those things. You know, um, you know, I'm sitting 
I'm taking, you know this, I'm taking the week to plan ministry for next year and to think through sermon series and ministry focus and <laughs> trying to come up with a direction in a very uncertain time. But in all that, um, I'm thanking God that I can take some time to go to a pond nearby the library and cast a line in the water and enjoy God's creation and, and give thanks for this pause, you know? Absolutely. Uh, those are the things that we develop eyes for, you know, and develop hearts to acknowledge and, and give thanks for. Um, I, and I think that we need to learn how to have that conversation with one another more often so that we're better able to recognize those, those moments of, of praising God. Absolutely. Now I've been in enough churches to know that often this passage is given in a sort of lip service, Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, and you're familiar with it as well. So many of us are in Romans 12, right? Uh, verse 1 mm-hmm. and 2, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Mm-hmm. And and you said, uh, and what made me think of that is that you said, you know, sometimes I feel like we miss you know, we get tied down in what song is the right song for worship. And mm-hmm. maybe there are other worship leaders out there who really mean it. To me, songs are non-essential. Mm-hmm. The band is non-essential to worship. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I know that there are people who disagree with me. Um, but uh, to to come right out and say it and just be like, you could, should, and can worship Jesus without a six piece band. Uh, you right. can and should be communing and worshiping Jesus uh, without a building. You know, right. uh, you, you can and should be worshiping Jesus with your life, with the activities of your life. And that's what right. Psalm 145 is getting to, right? Uh, exactly. D- David sort of sitting at the end of his, uh, and this is a, an image that Robert gave to us, David sitting at his writing table, sort of looking at the end of his tenure going, okay, I probably got one more in me. What is it I need to write about? And if any of you have ever had a, a, you know, a writer's block or anything like that, he said, imagine, you know, pieces of paper all over the place and pins and parchment all all strewn over, you know, a trash can full of crumpled up starts and, and finishes and David settles on, oh, I know what I need to, to say to them with my last song, is that mm-hmm. everything declares the glory of God, and it is the responsibility of one generation to sing the goodness of the Lord to the next generation Yeah, uh, as, a, as a sense of evangelism and public worship. Yep. Yeah, and I think that's, that's the part that that struck me was a sense of, of, um, you know, living out our worship for the next generation to see it, you know, um, which can be like, as I think about my kids and think about what's going to, what's going to expose them to the love of Jesus and the purposes of God. Um, when we can't go to the church building right now or, or we can, but it's in a much different way than, maybe what we're, what we're used to experiencing. Right. And I think, man, that's gotta be how I live my faith. And, uh, you know, and and that, this aspect that, that Robert touched on, which is, you know, how does the next generation see and hear us 
praising God? Amen. Are, is is our is our lives, our bodies, a spiritual act of worship? Uh, right. Are you going to church on Sunday and then complaining Monday to Saturday? Right. Are you are you um, are you arguing about what should be done or what shouldn't be done? Uh, and then and then praise and then you know publicly worshiping God, but then not privately worshiping God. And what I mean by that is like with the actions of your life, like, is there, is the joy of the Lord in your Facebook posts? <laughs> is the, yeah. is yeah. the, is the joy of the Lord in your memes? I don't, yeah. I don't know. I, I doubt it seriously. Um, and, and I only mention that because so much of our public expression right now happens online because it is neither safe nor wise to be in large public settings. Yeah. Can I ask a question uh, along, along these lines of what you're just saying? Yeah. Uh, I wonder how much, like I think of uh, PS for all you who are friends with me right now, I, I'm not on Facebook. I went off Facebook for a vacation and I just haven't come back on. So it's not that I defriended you, but it's a terrible place. Is that your question? <laughs> is the internet a terrible no. place full of terrible people? Yes. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I think too, like it, it's a great opportunity too to to praise God for things, you know. Absolutely. But like, do we like? Do, and I'm not saying like every post on our our timeline should be about praising God, or maybe it should. I don't know. But but the the point is, you know, do does fear come into play? Like when we think about crafting the wording of of how we give thanks for something, or Absolutely. put out that that hashtag blessed, you know, like right. how does that you know, how does that statement of hashtag bless come across to other people? And are they truly seeing us praise God or is it a humble brag or, right. you know, what is it that we're doing? Or is it a, you know, is it a, a meme set to upset people or to make others feel stupid or dumb? I mean, like, right. I, I love my mother because mm -hmm. she's my mom, but she like, she's not trying to bring people together on the internet. <laughs> you know, she's not, she's not, she's not striving for the unity of the faith or the body. Right. Um, she cares very little for other humans. You know? So it's just how she is. Uh, but I love you, mom. Love you. Love you, mom. <laughs> exactly. If, if you're listening, kisses. Um, to, to that point, I actually want to share – I'd like to – I didn't yeah. know you were going to go this direction, but because we're here, I'd like to share a post that I made four days ago, but it's a quote from a post that I made six years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Right? Uh, one of the things that I have appreciated about the Facebook memories lately yeah. is that – it will regularly show me where my heart was and where my head was four years well, ago, five point. years ago, six years ago. Um, yeah. And in some respects, I am happy to see that my, my heart was in the right place. Uh, I am yeah. sad to see that our nation and our world are also in the same places that brought me to have these thoughts. So, so this is a post I, I, I reposted, but it's something I I wrote six years ago, and I must have been reading C.S. Lewis because you can hear him in, in this thought. Um, but I wrote, all around us, we see things striving for harmony, 
The mm-hmm. sun feeds the trees. The trees grow the fruit that feeds the sheep. The sheep clothe our backs while we work to break the ground to plant the seed that the sun feeds that becomes the tree. Mm. All around us, we see these efforts of harmony fail. The sun burns our skin while we work. The goat eats the tree that grew the fruit. The soil dries up and blows away. The people hunger, the landscape fades, and things break down. All around us, we see apparent beauty and inescapable brokenness. And our hunger for harmony gives us cause to hope because it reminds us that these sunny days are only shadows of the beauty to come. Mm. And so you asked a beautiful question, which is, how are you using your platform? Mm-hmm. How are you using your life? How are you using your actions to declare, like it says in 145, the the glories of God and his creation? And it, are you using your life to meditate on the actions? And I don't just mean think. I mean embody the wondrous mm-hmm. works of our God in such a way that, you know, the people around you are going to be able to see. Like, here's the thing. Facebook is not going away. Your timeline, nope. your timeline is written in stone. I have friends who have passed away this year from various illnesses and sicknesses, and they did not close down their Facebook account before they passed away, and it's all there. Uh, mm-hmm. Your timeline is going to be a testimony to the kind of person that you were while you were here praising Jesus. Um, yeah, and so that's a good word. You know, does your timeline look like Psalm one forty five? That's a that's a very interesting point you raise too of like uh, our legacy. You know, it's not just in the people we impact, but we live in a day and age where our words are are even more timeless than they ever have been, uh, and more maybe more accessible. Maybe not more timeless, but more accessible to our comments in time than than we've ever experienced. And yet, uh, yeah, that's that's so true. Like the measure the measure of our lives is and always will be the the measure of our character in comparison to Christ. However, Amen. we can, we, we have an opportunity to glorify, to make that measurement more visible through the behaviors we have online, the ways we praise God in our conversations with people. Um, it just, I, I think a lot of it comes down to like a spiritual practice of noticing more, you know, of, of yeah. kind of building that, that muscle memory to, notice God's actions in our lives and mm. the, the ways that he's built us and made us and give him praise for that, you know, but, but we live, we live in a world where we don't slow down. And so, you know, in some ways the blessing of, of the coronavirus pandemic has been, it's forced us to slow down and think about things in ways we wouldn't have otherwise. How, but, but even more so we realize, man, this is what God wants from us all the time, not just during a pandemic. Um, and, and so to be aware of, of ways that we can praise him through, you know, gardening or building Legos or being outside and fishing uh, or, you know, for many of us, you know, getting to that moment where we realize, wow, God, you, you've given me this heart to serve others for a reason. Yeah. Like you realize your purpose. And, uh, but it, but a lot of it comes down to noticing, I think, noticing God's hand and his work in this life. And so as a disciple of Christ, 
we got to do more of this, like what we're doing now. Talk about it together. Amen. Read the word together. Reflect on the word of God together and, and kind of give voice to where we see it playing out in our lives. That is awesome. And maybe it's, you know, maybe it's the surroundings. It's the pond that's got us thinking you know, introspectively like this, or it's, you know, the time, time in the garden. I don't have the same joy of gardening, uh, that Robert has. The Lord has not given that to me. Uh, (laughs) but what I do want to leave everybody with today is that, that next verse in Romans 12, because I think, I think if you can, if you can look at your life and see that maybe your timeline doesn't read like 145 does, um, Mm then maybe verse 2 of Romans 12 can can be an admonition to you that is also encouraging. Uh, yeah. And it says this. It says, do not be conformed to the world. You know, don't be rushing about like, like Dan just said. Uh, take time and, and meditate. It says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing – you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Uh, and to me, that, that says, ladies and gentlemen, you've got an opportunity to stop at every moment along the road and to ask God in the moment, test the moment and ask God, say, God, what is the perfect response here? What is the good response here? What is the acceptable action now? Um, and as you lean into that, you will make your father happy. Your heart will find joy in the things that God finds joy in. And you will be blessed, but you will also be a blessing to others. Hello, everybody. My name is Dan Van Horn. I'm the senior pastor here at Trinity Baptist Church in Fairfield, Connecticut. And we want to welcome you to the TBC Provoke podcast. This is where we hope to stimulate, stir up, and provoke you to love and good deeds by taking the conversation we start on Sunday mornings and bring it into the middle of your week. 